Let's take our Bibles. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12, please. If you need a copy of God's Word, just raise your hand. We can get you one off the back shelf. As you're turning there, just a few things that I want to uh, bring everybody up to speed on so you know. Number one, if you are somebody who attended new members class and you're looking to turn in uh, the paperwork that we gave you, you can simply just give it to me. Uh, you can uh, kind of tri-fold it and slide it into the offering box there if you want to. Uh, either way would be fine, but, but just, just hand those uh, over to me would be great, and that way we can get them going. Um, the other thing I want to do is if for some reason you missed last week, last week was an important week because we had this booklet, Spiritual Gifts Inventory, that gives you all the information that you would need to know to get started and all of the statements and how to go about filling those out. But you'll also need an answer sheet to go with it so you can record your findings on here to help determine what spiritual gift or gifts you might have. Now, I know that some of you have been a little weird about me seeing your inventory answer sheet. And that's usually because you don't have the gift of mercy or helps and you don't want anybody to know that you're that person or that you have the gift of giving and you're afraid I'm going to want to talk to you a lot. Okay, I understand. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I am going to ask as an alternative is, is if you open up your bulletin, you should have a little slip of paper. And we have more of them. Marsha made more of them back there in that little corner thing like this. And here's what we're asking. You could give us your name and just write down what your top two gifts are. You went through this whole answer sheet. You came up with the top two, especially if you scored over 17 in an area. That, that's usually, if you scored over 17 in a certain area, you're pretty dead on about what your gift is and you're not confused about it whatsoever. But if you could just write those down there and again, give it to me or if you wouldn't mind, put them in the offering box. Doesn't matter either way. Now, if you are somebody who doesn't care about turning in your answer sheets and some of you have already done that, Zach has agreed to be the copy man, okay? We have a little copier in this doorway right next to the AV booth. If you wouldn't mind, just go back there. You can meet him after worship is over. Hand this to him. He's going to run it through the copier real quick. He'll hand you back the original, and we'll take the copy. So uh, we'd like to get all this information because we're looking to restructure how we do ministry according to our spiritual gifts. That's the whole reason why the Lord put these in the Bible for us to be conformed to them. So with that being said, I feel like we need to take a moment. We need to pray for what we're going to get into. Let's do that. Father in heaven, please illuminate the word of God to our understanding and ignite within our hearts a greater grasp for how you're developing the body of Christ here at Grace Bible Church. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The reason why we're here is because we've been going through a, a, a series called The Gifts and the Body. So we're not just looking at spiritual gifts only. We're not just going to be talking about one or two spiritual gifts. We've actually gone through all of the spiritual gifts for today, both speaking and serving gifts. We're going to deal with tongues as we work through uh, these passages so that you can begin to see. In fact, if you had a spare slip of paper, even the note paper that's in your handout, you might want to take one of them, maybe put it in the back of your Bible, and just write, you know, what I'm learning about tongues from what we're going to understand. And when that happens, you could flip back there, jot it down real quick in the verse number where you find out about it, and then go back to the passage. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't just take it as one whole subject because we would neglect a whole lot of context. That's never a safe thing to do, okay? So we're in 1 Corinthians 12. We're actually going to start at 4. We're going to read from 4 to 10 just so we can get a running start and get our minds around some important things that Paul has going on. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same what? 
spirit, a variety of gifts, diversity in gifts. In fact, what we've seen, PJ, if you wouldn't mind, bring our cool little chart up on there. Right here. There are 11 gifts. Everybody like that? Emily did that. I thought that was amazing. It looks really great. It's huge. It's good. Well, there's 11 gifts. There's a variety of gifts. There's not just one gift. There's not just one emphasis on one gift. There's not just this person's super special because they have that gift. That's not how it works. The thing that Paul wants to get in everybody's minds are there may be different gifts. It all comes from the same spirit. Look at verse 5. There are varieties of ministries. Gifts should be operating within various ministries. And even though the ministries might be diverse, filled with diverse gifts, look what he says. It's the same who? Lord. Man, everybody seemed confused about that. Does everybody have a copy of God's word today? The same who? Lord. Who is that Lord? Jesus. Don't be scared of him. He's, he loves you. Verse 6, there are a variety of effects. And if you'll remember, the whole idea of effects is um, the idea to work a ministry. People might, you might have the same spiritual gift as the person next to you, but they might not be handling a responsibility in church the same way you do. That's okay. God wants it to be varied up. He doesn't mind that whatsoever. So there's a different degree of effects, of workings, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So ultimately, all working that we would do, be it as diverse as it is, and all ministries that we would have, being it as, as diverse as it is, with all the gifts that we would bring to those ministries, being as diverse as they are, doesn't change the fact that it's still God doing the work through every one of us. Now, I don't know about you, but some people get satisfied with God doing a work in them. And they stop short of letting God do a work through them. And that is a problem. In fact, I would say that's one of the greatest problems of church. One of the greatest problems united together is, and don't get me wrong, cross, salvation, I love it. I absolutely love it. But there's more beyond the Gospels. The Holy Spirit put them there for a reason, to teach us what it is to live life together and, hold on to it, tolerate one another yes you need to be tolerated as do i because let's be honest if anybody really knew our quirks they wouldn't want to hang out with us we are scared to death to reveal to people who we truly are you know what's great love covers that gap and when we understand that everybody's going to work in different ways with the different gifts that they have, and it's okay that people with different gifts are coming to the table because it's all an equal playing field, that's when you have a harmonious, exploding, and growing church. That's what takes place. And numerically, I'll be honest with you, I don't even care about it. I don't. The idea is, are we growing spiritually? If we're seeking to do spiritual gifts God's way, you can't help but to grow spiritually because everything that's coming through you is spiritual. Excellent place to be. So verse 7. But to each one, that means every believer has a gift, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Spirit manifesting through us and is for the benefit of everybody and every person has a gift. It says here, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge according to the Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healings by one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation 
of tongues, but they all come from the same Spirit. They may be diverse in us, but they all come from the same Spirit because if you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. And it's not that I have a different Holy Spirit than Jerry has a different Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. Now, is there any wonder why there's not more unity in churches? How come we can't get along more? How come things aren't much more harmonious and just zipping right up like a zipper? That's what we should be like. No problems, no snags, nothing came off the track. You hate it when you pull that and the bottom comes out, don't you? A lot of churches feel like that. The zipper's sliding, but good grief, you're still as cold as can be. Can't be like that. If we all have the same spirit, if we all get over ourselves, and if we all recognize that what needs to be going on in the body is the Spirit's work, because God wants to work in the body, we'll be great. It'll be amazing. And people will not be able to help themselves of wanting to ask the question, what is going on in your life? Well, it's not me. It's the Lord. It's exactly where all the credit goes because that's exactly where the work is coming from. Moving on here. We start in verse 11. And I know that we've hit on this a lot. It's so important to recognize the next part because the next section is actually broken up into two parts. 11 through 14, or sorry, 11's by itself. 12, 13, and 14, for those of you that like to mark like this, 12, 13, and 14 are one thought about diversity being ideal in the body, okay? And then we're going to look at 15 through 20, which is the fact that diversity actually enhances our unity with one another. So the first one is diversity is ideal. The second section is diversity enhances unity. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. Now, if, if you want to just be so daring as to write in your Bible, go ahead and get your pen out and write above there where it says each one individually. Just put a big old M-E there. That's you. Just write me. You're in the Bible. That's where you are. How do I know that? It applies to you. You have a spiritual gift. If you are in Christ, you have a spiritual gift. And notice this, just as he wills, the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He has the right to rule. He has the right to decide. He knows us better than we think we know ourselves. And he understands how we will best minister in the body better than what we think we ought to be doing for Jesus. We have got to get past this, this, this concept of, well, it's a good idea, so let's grab it. That's crazy. We can't afford to do that because that's just running haphazardly into a situation, taking on much more responsibility than we think we can. We also can't suffer anymore from doing ministries by ourselves. Lone Ranger-led ministries are not effective. We have got to have a team of people who represent a healthy amount of gifts, if not every gift, all 11 of them, in order to head up ministry so that people can take care of and lead others in those ways. You've got to have them. This has got to change our minds on this. Here's another thing about the Holy Spirit giving these. This should stop all longing for a different gift. All of it. And it should rid us of any feelings of inferiority in the body of Christ. There's not one believer that is a second-class believer. Not one. No one was just, you, know, you barely got in there kind of thing. No, 
You're fully accepted in Christ. You're all the way in. And guess what? Not just all the way in, but heaped upon with blessing and grace. And these gifts are part and parcel of that whole extravaganza. It's bananas. Everybody with me? Bananas. Making sure. So there's no competition. I'm not in competition with you. You're not in competition with me. If anything, what it should be is, Lord, what is my spiritual gift? And how can I best serve you with this spiritual gift? I am a priest. You've made me a priest, being a believer in Christ. And I automatically have these opportunities to give offerings. One of the great things to give is the gift of which he has given us. That's how worship happens within a body. Look at verse 12. For, now here's the reason why we had to include 11 and talk about it. For is your causal conjunction. He's going to start explaining the point that he just brought up and tell you why it matters. For, even as the body, okay, so we all have that human body. We can all kind of think together on this whole thing. Pretty good illustration. Even as the body is one and yet has many members, arms, legs, eyes, fingers, kidney, it doesn't matter. And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. Even though you are a diverse person, anybody here eat cereal with their toes? I'm just curious. Nobody? No one. But here's the thing. Are, we, is, is, are your feet part of the body? Do you need to eat? All of a sudden the hand becomes really important, doesn't it? Right? But it's all one body, Yes. And actually, it's all working together in order to execute a function for the sake of benefit. It's no different with the church. No different with the church. So notice this. Though there are many, they are one body. We're all united. And here's what's interesting. This is an incredible phrase if you think about it. So also is Christ. What's he saying there? Christ wasn't some disjointed Savior, body parts laying around everywhere. Is that what he's getting at? Is that what Paul means? You don't know, do you? No, it's not what he means. Now, is that what Paul means? Thank you. Five of you heard that. That's great. You guys have got to pay attention this morning. I'm telling you. Okay? It's not going to work. Is that what you said? Oh, okay. Yeah, if you don't pay attention, it's not going to work. That's true. (laughs) You guys got to pay attention. It's not going to work. Just sit down. Stop. (laughs) Appreciate that sentiment. So also is Christ. If our human bodies were designed in such a way as to demonstrate diversity captured in unity, then the body of Christ is going to operate the same way. And that's exactly what God is doing. That's exactly what God is doing here. He is building the body of Christ. In fact, I would say this. If you can't step back and recognize how God has so orchestrated circumstances, whether it be blatantly or behind the scenes, in order to lead you through these doors and be a part of this local body in Christ, you probably shouldn't be here. Because if you came for some reason other than God's leading, what would it be? Well, that sounds harsh. Are we saying we want to throw people out? No, we're not saying that at all. But what I'm telling you is, is that God is deeply invested in His church. God is working in such a way that we don't even begin to understand. He has strategies that would blow our minds. If we could even just get a glimpse into them. 
about how he is moving all the chess pieces of every single person's life in here in order to bring us to be united in a local representation of his son. That's what he wants to show Portage? Do you realize that? That's the only reason why we're here, is we just want people to see Jesus in us. And I'll go ahead and take the brunt. I may be the rear end in a lot of situations, but the rest of you can be the arms, legs, fingers, even the heart of what people see. And when we all are working together in this submissive fashion, it is nothing short of beautiful for even lost people to see. People would become envious of that type of thing. It was everything that he desired to do in Israel and Israel wanted no part of. Is to be so in line with God and so in fellowship with God that God is just radiating out of them and nations would say, we just can't help but to stay away. We've got to know what you guys are doing here. What in the world is going on? Let me tell you about my God. That's the difference maker. It's a huge difference maker. So also is Christ. You and I are perfectly united with Him. We are in union with Him. We are His body. He is our head. Notice it says here, verse 13, He gives you another causal conjunction. For, and here's what He's going to show you. How did this unity happen? What happened to make this take place? For, by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Stop, there's a lot here. Number one, the Spirit is the one who does the work. Number two, everybody see the word we? I call that a personal inclusive pronoun, okay? Here's what Paul's saying. It didn't just happen to us, it happened to y'all too, and it actually happened to all of us together. If you're a believer in Christ, you got this too. If you're a believer in Christ, the Spirit has taken you and He has baptized you into a body. Not a body of water, the body of Christ. This is not talking about water baptism i saw an anglican priest the other day baptize an infant anybody ever seen that scariest thing you've ever seen it's like all of a sudden that that six-month-old kid went to six flags it's terrible yeah probably child abuse it was nuts that kid's like, ah! I'm like yeah i'm going ah watching it crazy thank the lord the spirit doesn't do it like that with us but you have been baptized in the body of Christ. You've been submerged. You've been dunked into his body. At the moment of salvation, you become part of something much bigger. You immediately have a brand new family you might not have ever known about. You immediately have a ridiculous amount of brothers and sisters. It automatically happens there. So notice, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Christ's body, whether Jews or Greeks. In other words, it didn't matter what your unsaved heritage or background was. Nobody cares about that. That's not what it was. It may have mattered to unsaved people. To saved people, doesn't matter at all. Whether slaves are free. Didn't matter about your social status. You can be a believer in Christ and still work at Subway. It's not a big deal. You can be a believer in Christ and still be a top-notch corporate executive. Those things don't matter in the body of Christ. And they should never be leveraged as a means of exercise or favoritism or advantage or any of those things in the body of Christ because every believer in the body of Christ is equal. All of these unsaved privilege or unprivileged distinctions have no bearing on the fact that all are united by the Spirit in the body. It's the same across the board. That's why we don't see poor or rich. That's why we don't see well-off or not well-off. That's why we don't see black or white. Whatever. We don't see those things. We're all one in Christ. 
And so he says here, whether slaves, whether free, and notice he brings it up again. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now, obviously, that's metaphorical of what he's talking about. It's not that you have to drink something to be saved. But get the idea. If we're all baptized into one spirit, it's that we're all immersed in the body of Christ. But then to drink is to take something in, isn't it? Notice, not only are we immersed by the spirit in that, but we also take in the spirit fully within us. See, God's got this locked up in a way that we maybe never thought about before. Getting the spirit involved and being fully accepted as a member of Christ. And so here is Paul's point. Notice that we are all into the Spirit and the Spirit is into all of us. Verse 14, here it is again, 4. And here's his point. The body is not one member, but many. And if we wanted to complete that sentence probably for our sake, many members. And this was the issue in Corinth. Because everybody wanted to speak in tongues. Everybody had to have tongues. If you truly want to be saved, you better speak in tongues. If you truly want to be uh, uh, experiencing the blessing of Christ, you better speak in tongues. Tongues, 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 tongues. Where's the mercy? Where's the helps? Where's the exhortation? Where's the teaching? Where's the wisdom? Everybody see that? You needed to get balanced out across the board. And everybody put all their eggs in this one basket and decided this is the ship we're going to sail. This is what it's going to be. This is Paul's point. The body is not one member, but many. Now here's the problem. The church is many members, yes? One body? So we've all got to be working together in order for the body to be doing stuff that matters. Quality stuff. Now, there's a situation where the people who didn't have tongues, what kind of peer pressure were they under because of this emphasis? A lot. In fact, you've got to start making stuff up just to belong. Stop. Does everybody see that what Christ has done on the cross gets robbed in that moment? Does everybody see that? When you believe in Christ, He automatically unites you and makes you one. Well, but they're saying that if I don't do this, or I don't do this, or I don't do this, I, 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 I don't have this. When I read in the Bible, it says that I'm complete in Christ. And if I'm complete in Christ, then I'm lacking in nothing. And if I'm lacking in nothing, then I don't need to bow down to any requirements of any person because God has accepted me fully in His Son. So all these stipulations become legalism that binds up a church and it creates a hierarchy system and we start looking at people at lessers. And well, not as well off as I am. Well, they just don't know as much as I might know. Well, if they really had their act together, they would do this. Here's another thing that this teaching comes through is it shows you definitely that speaking in tongues is not the end-all, be-all of your Christian experience. It's not. It doesn't have a thing to do with it. If the body doesn't have a diversity of members, there's very little it can do, and it will do little. Now, he then moves on to this next section here. And in this, he's going to talk about the fact that you have diversity actually enhances what unity looks like. It actually gives a much more fuller expression of what unity might look like. He's going to give you two examples, verse 15 and verses 16. Now he says, if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I am not a part of the body. Now watch this. It is not for this reason 
any the less a part of a body. Does everybody get that? Think about what it's saying. Hey, guys. I am not a hand. Look at this hand. Woo! What can a hand do? A hand can't do much? Well, not by itself, no. But that's not where we're at. This is the foot looking up at the hand. Wow! You get to hang up there. You get cold. I mean, these shoes got holes in them. I can't do much about that. You just put your hand right in the pocket there. You get to wear a glove. You get to decorate it up with pretty rings. You get to feed yourself. Choose what you want. That's why this doesn't work. It doesn't accomplish anything. And so you have the foot continually being envious. You got to have two feet. I can only get one hand. You got to have two feet. The foot ends up being envious. Is the foot any less of a body? Is it any less of a part? Is it, well, it's not such a good foot. Not, not like that hand. Or is it united to the same whole and simply has a different function? Yes. Now, let's do one more. This is a fun one. What if the ear <laughs> says to the eye, because I can't do, what's that? It is. I walked around one day here at the office. It was fun. Well, since I'm not like you, I don't matter much. What brings on an attitude like that in the body? Pride kid, right? Shame possibly? Inferiority, selfishness, insecurity. See, here's the interesting thing. As long as I'm looking at myself, I will constantly experience an inferiority. I will constantly give reasons as to why I'm not worthy to be in that position, why I shouldn't have this gift, how I could never do anything like that. And you know what? That's true. In and of ourselves, we're completely robbed of that capacity. But that's not what God's doing from the beginning anyway. He's uniting us to a greater whole. He's saying you don't have to be the ear. Be the eye that I made you. Who wants an eye? Mickey, wake up. I got more eyes for people. Here we go. Eye for you. Eye for you. Eye for you. More eyes. You want eyes? There you go. Eyes. There you go. Whoa, did you see that catch? The ears cannot be envious of the eyes. What do the ears do? Here. That's a big deal. What do the eyes do? That's another big deal. How's this look? Be honest. It becomes a monstrosity, doesn't it? Like, you know what? We could build a whole horror movie franchise around this. Ear eyes, I don't know. Terrible. And yet, when we don't understand our spiritual gift, or when we become envious about other people's spiritual gifts, we run into that exact same problem 
of thinking somehow we can't match up. There's no use in serving. We might as well just forget the whole thing. I'm done with it. And we will completely rob ourselves of living within all that God has already designed for us to do. Doesn't it say we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them? Ephesians 2.10? Yeah. Guess what those good works are? I'll tell you this. Those good works as part of his workmanship are never apart from the body of Christ as a whole and they are never divorced from your spiritual gift. They can't be. Your gift is from him to serve him as he sees fit. And that is the goal. Which means that no one has an inferior gift. Let's try this a different way. Look at verse 16. And if giving says, because I'm not faith, I'm not part of the body. Does that work? Someone who has the gift of giving, look at the person who has this unbelievable. God can do it. It's not a problem. Let's trust him and let's move forward. It's going to be amazing to watch him work. And the person with giving goes, gosh, I could just never be like that. You know the great thing? God's not asking you to. God never asked you to. Sometimes we read these books by these deep thinkers. We're like, oh, it's amazing. I just wish I was like that person. That's an idol. I just want to be like Jesus. That's what changes things. Then you start serving him in the way you're supposed to. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine a couple of days ago. We were talking about this. He goes, that's why when somebody comes along with a ministry and they're all really excited about it, I said, hey man, don't let your eye stuff get on my hand stuff. I got something else going on over here. I'm excited for you, but that's just not my bag. Not everybody in this body is excited about serving with the Orphan Grain Train Ministry. That's okay. Are there people that are? Yes. Do they utilize their spiritual gifts to do so? Absolutely. But if you're not into it, that's okay. Jesus isn't frowning on you. He doesn't consider you a lesser child of God in the midst of that. He's geared you differently and desires you to work alongside your brothers and sisters, regardless of what the interest might be. How about this one? Look at 16 again. Try this. And if helps says, but I'm not teaching, so I'm not part of the body. Everybody likes the teacher because they stand up in front of everybody, yell a lot, and have props, right? Yay! Right? And the person with help says, well, here I am, busting it day in and day out, asking the question how I can serve people. I'm not really getting recognized for anything because I'm not in front of anybody. Is that a wrong thing? It's wrong thinking, but is it wrong where they're at? No. That's how God designed you, gifted you, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with having a different gift. When we fill out these tests, and we look at them, and we get all worked up, and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't have mercy. But I'm a Christian, I should be merciful. Some of you are like, gosh, preacher, that just hit me hard. Because that might have been you. Guess what? It's okay. It's okay. God has raised up the merciful people in Grace Bible Church to be merciful to you. And to benefit you. You may have the gift of knowledge, and that's how you're benefiting the people with mercy. We work together, the building up for the common good. But it all comes from a work of the Spirit. Notice verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, if we were all only one gift, where would the hearing be? 
Would you have it? No. What if we were all helps? We're just serving each other until the, the cows come home, right? I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you. And Oprah? You'd end up having spiritual Oprah. Not okra, Oprah, okay? Some of you are like, man, I'm getting hungry. No. What if it was the fact that we all just had the, the, the gift of knowledge? Everybody in here had the gift of knowledge. You realize we would be the most nerdiest group on the face of the earth? We're all telling each other what we know. I studied this. This was amazing. We look like we've had too much coffee, but we've actually had none. That's the way it would be. How about if we all had the gift of preaching? You realize we'd be yelling at each other for hours on end? We couldn't stand it. There would be no unity. Because whenever you have a church that is lopsided in that manner, you can't have it. Now think about this. Five speaking gifts, six serving gifts. If a church makes the mistake of emphasizing one gift greater than the others, you're only able to work off of one-eleventh of the power that the Spirit wants to work in the body of Christ. Do you think that God's pleased with one-eleventh of our involvement? I don't think so. And here's what you have. The people who don't have that gift are trying to fake it just to belong. Now their position in Christ is all inferior because they're trying to do something to be accepted instead of working and serving out of the fact that they are accepted. It gets us all messed up. We can't afford to make those mistakes. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And obviously there would be none. If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of da -da -da, smell be? Yes! I've got noses too. Where would this be? You couldn't smell a thing. Imagine how food tastes. You ever done that test where you smell one thing and you eat something different? Your bran flakes smell like asparagus? That's weird. Yeah. Wrong. This has got to get involved. This has got to be integral. Some of us like noses, some of us don't. Some of us freak out about feet. Some of us got feet phobias. Guess what? Even the people you have a feet phobia against, your brothers and sisters in Christ in a necessary part of the body, so are the noses. Here we go. If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? All of the gifts comprise a complete body. Not just one here, not just one there. It doesn't work that way. Verse 18. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I think this is one of the most important verses for the church ever in the Bible. But now, God, pay attention. It's His prerogative. God has placed the members, each one of them, none is excluded, everyone counts. In the body, there's your location, the body of Christ, look at it says, just as He desired, just as He wills. It's God's wish that you're here. Think about it. You're here as part of the local body of Christ because God has desired for you to be here. It's His desire. And here's why I say this. is because when things happen like church splits and people get their feelings hurt and they just step up and they walk out the door, they're more concerned about the idol of self than they are about the Lord who purposely placed them within the body. The body is going to experience adversity. Every body does. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're like, well, you know what, this hand is kind of... That pinky finger's not too good. Cut it right off. Gone, right? Easier to deal with that way. But are you as effective? 
No, you would never be. It's the same way in the body of Christ. We start meddling in God's composition, we can expect trouble. God's intention, His desire, is for you to be exactly where you are right now. If you say, well, I don't know that the Lord led me here. You're in the wrong place. And there's another body He has for you. And you need to pray about that and ask for His leading as to where He wants you serving. But I will tell you this. God works within the local church. That's the only entity He has given in Scripture of which to move Christians forward. Acts chapter 2 is plain. So notice, God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as He desired. He placed us here with purpose. He has His reasons. He's placed us here because it's pleasing to Him. It makes Him happy that you're here. You may not be too happy to be here. Guess what? God's happy that you're here. Because you're doing exactly what He desires for you to do. But also, notice how particular God is. You ever thought you'd go to church with some of the people you go to church with? You ever look around and you're like, man, Tabitha, I just don't know. You ever do that? You know I love you. Don't even play. So, but you see what I mean. Sometimes we look around. Some of us don't even know each other all throughout here. A lot of new people. I'm still having trouble with your names. I'll be honest with you. Please love me. Okay? But I'm having difficulty. When we're done here, as you're making your way back there to copy your gift sheet, if that's what you're going to do, introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. Tell them that you're glad that they're here. Get to know one another. You already have Christ as a common bond. That's all the common ground you need to get a conversation started. Like, well, we all don't know what we're going to talk about. Talk about how good the Lord is. That's a place to start. I know He's been good in your life. He's been good in mine. Start there. Verse 19. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Where would the body be? Lopsided. In fact, if you've only got one leg, chances are you're just going to hop in circles. That's a trouble. I'm not trying to make fun of anything, but I mean, let's be honest. Everybody want to see a picture of Corinth? Here's what Corinth thought that they were. Let's, let's see it, PJ. Laverne will appreciate that. That's what they thought. Is this true? Is this true? Let's go to the next one. That's true. $76 for that cow tongue. $76. It's a delicacy. Yeah, it is. And so are, so are churches that only have emphasis on one member or only on one gift. This is actually what Corinth looked like. It wasn't connected to anything that was really giving it vibrant life because it's only operating on one-eleventh of what it could do. And so it's hindering itself by saying, this is the greatest gift. This is the greatest gift. Everybody needs this gift. No. What gift do you have? Oh, well, I don't know. There's the responsibility. Find it out. Get active in serving. Watch how God works through you. And let that be the prayer of your heart. Lord, just use me for your glory. You think God's going to be like, you know what, man? I got more hands I would rather work with. I can't handle you noses anymore. Sorry. Out of here. Sorry, Gene, you okay? Okay, man, just making sure. Can't have any more of those noses anymore. They get in the way. Our nose is important. Absolutely, they are. So he says here, but now, there are many members. There's going to be variety and diversity. Don't fight it. Love it. But, what? 
Only one body. Now let me finish this with showing you why that matters. Okay? Turn with me. to If I can get your attention to get you to pay attention to this, I don't care what I have to do, okay? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. We saw this last week at the end. I want to show it to you again. Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. Here it is. But speaking the truth in love. Notice the attitude. Everything that we do as a church has got to be based on truth or God will not bless it. Is everybody clear on that? Okay. It also has to be done in the attitude of love. There's no room for hostility. There's no room for that type of anger. All of that stuff gives the devil a foothold. Okay? So, it says here, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe that all aspects would be all the gifts working together towards that common goal because that's how the body is going to be built up. Look what he says here. Who is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. From whom the whole body, that's us, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of individual, each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Notice that you've got these bookends of love. And what happens in the middle? Each body part matters. Each one is responsible to uphold it. Each one needs to be working its part. Not somebody else's part. Don't try to sniff like this. People that work walk on their hands are hanging out in Baraboo. Not here. Okay? Circus joke. Move on. The fact that, yeah, I'm a deep thinker. Yeah. So, somebody's impressed. So, but here's a fact. When we talk about the body of Christ, we're talking about something absolutely unique, absolutely precious, absolutely intentional. Because Israel was never the body of Christ. And now that they're largely in unbelief and awaiting a day for their redemption, God has put forward the church as His representation to the world. And how does that start? We need to be out evangelizing more. We need to be out discipling people. We need to take out billboards. We need to be cracking people with Bibles over their heads. No, how about we just operate the body of Christ in the way that God has told us to do it and how he has supplied for us to do it so that all the work that needs to be done is happening through him and we're not stressed out about anything because we're resting in the grace of our Lord. How about that? That sounds like a much better way to me than freaking out all the time about if I'm doing a good job serving Jesus. Forget all that baggage stuff. That's exactly where Satan wants us because when that happens, body parts get paralyzed. It's the body of Christ, each one working together. Every part matters. Every part is vital. Yes? Yes, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your design of the body of Christ. We thank you for our great head, Jesus Christ himself, the amazing Lord of glory. And how your intentions and desires in putting us here and working through us is so, so important for us to understand. God, please begin to unfold to our hearts and minds how you've blessed us 
and being able to serve here in the body of Grace Bible Church. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't just save us and leave us alone, just telling us to go on and live life whatever way we want to. Lord, all of that would be completely dishonoring to you. But instead, you've equipped us, you've outfitted us, you've engaged us, you've set us on a better path, given us greater marching orders, and have gifted us in such a way as to where you want to do some supernatural work. Lord, may our hearts be humble before you, open before you today to receive all that you want to say to us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.